Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hi, Bob. Hello. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, March 29, 2023, and this is the Bob Seska interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 798 of the Biden-Harris administration, 587 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Spoutable, Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, and of course, our Patreon is bobseskashow.com. You know, it's getting increasingly difficult to keep track of all the investigations and grand juries looking into Donald Trump's long, long list of crimes. So I thought it'd be a good time to talk with the great AG, Allison Gill from the Daily Beans podcast, the Jack podcast, and Clean Up on Aisle 45. Probably also know her from her at Muller She Wrote Twitter account, of course. Well, today we're going to get Allison's take on the latest from Jack Smith, Fonnie Willis, Alvin Bragg, Letitia James, SDNY, and more. Plus, as we've been doing for the last few weeks, questions from our Patreon members. Links in the description to support Allison's work. Meantime, please help support this show by subscribing to our Patreon at bobseskashow.com. Okay, take out your notebooks. Here comes my talk with the great Allison Gill. More fun, more music, the Bob Seska Show. So, hey, are you ready for April 1st when Elon rams another dagger into the heart of the website that he paid for, that he overpaid for? Well, now he's saying, oh, I forgot to tell you, people you follow will also be in the for you um, timeline. But, yeah, you know, (laughs) which makes it different how it seems like it would be okay. It's the same for you tab that we already have because because long before he takes my blue check mark away, he's because I'm not a Twitter blue subscriber. He's, he's taken me out of, you know, a lot of people's feeds. My tweet impressions are down by half. So, Oh my God. I have this prediction that another celebrity is going to sue Twitter after being impersonated, just like what happened with, uh, who was it? Tony La Russa, that baseball manager back in 2009. If that's the case, I hope a court orders Elon to reinstate legacy blue checks. Am I being overly optimistic about that? I just have this weird feeling that it'll come down to that. Uh, Yeah, I don't think you can force somebody to do something with a private business. Um, But, you know, maybe he can show some sort of a 
monetary loss or something like that? I'm, I I really don't know. Well, with Tony LaRussa, I'm not sure exactly if it was court ordered or if Twitter said in response to that lawsuit, because it was what Tony LaRussa did. He was impersonated sued Twitter, and that's how we got the what's now referred to as the legacy blue check system. So, uh, again, I'm unclear in terms of whether that was mandatory as a court order or whether that was something that Twitter just said, okay, yeah, I guess we got to do this now. It won't necessarily make a difference because even if, like like I told you, I've had the legacy blue check mark and my tweet impressions are have been cut in half. He can still do that. So, yeah, here's your legacy blue checks back following this would-be court order, but we're still going to throttle your reach. So, bye. (laughs) I think even if you don't have a legacy blue check, and there are so many people, obviously, who don't, there's something exciting about going to your mentions and seeing if, uh, you know, you happen to impress someone who you admire, uh, some sort of notable person. That's always a fun thing to do. It's an exciting part of the process. And that's going away on top of the fact that now all of these, and, and we've seen it already. In fact, Monica Lewinsky was impersonated and that impersonator was able to get a Twitter blue blue check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such I've, a mess. I've got- I've got multiple impersonators out there and I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it, I, and now I can't see if, you know, Mark Hamill liked one of my tweets. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a matter of hunting for things like that now, which is just, no one has time and ain't, ain't nobody got time for that. But anyway, did you see uh, Donald's troth this morning about the grand jury? I wanted to bring this up with you because it's so bizarre it's like he's decided, I'm going to do the opposite today. I'm going to be like George Costanza and do everything the opposite. So in all caps, still for some reason, he said, I have gained such respect for this grand jury and perhaps even the grand jury system as a whole. The evidence is so overwhelming in my favor and so ridiculously bad for the highly partisan and hateful district attorney that the grand jury is saying, hold on, we are not a rubber stamp, which most grand juries are branded as being. We're not going to vote against a preponderance of evidence or against large numbers of legal scholars all saying there is no case here. Drop this sick witch hunt now. So he's now like what, like buttering up the grand jury like, hey, I'm <laughs> I'm on your That's side. You're so great. Okay. Yeah. That's what it sounds like to me. Like, hey, you don't have to. I'm innocent. Look at the piles of evidence. Oh, you're so you look very handsome today, grand juror number six. Like, it, <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. But what's interesting is that he brings up, oh, rubber stamp, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, Fonnie Willis lurking down in Georgia has brought after after, you know, the the special purpose grand jury dissolved and wrote their report. You know, Trump filed a 51 page motion to to you know, basically say that they were not uh, assembled properly, they're illegal and no indictments can happen. Mm-hmm. But she, in the in the meantime, after that, and, you know, when after the grand jury, special purpose grand jury, she brought it to a regular grand jury. And now she's asking, you know, two weeks ago, she asked uh, Christina Bob to come in and speak with prosecutors. And so she's sort of immediately, has already sort of debunked the rubber stamp argument down there in Georgia, because yeah. if, you know, if he pulls that off, if when Georgia indictments come, because we know there's at least a dozen recommended by the special purpose grand jury, she'll simply say, but this wasn't rubber stamped either. I took three months for, we're, you know, we're over three months now 
and I brought in additional witnesses. So, you know, he's kind of shooting himself in the foot like he tends to do, but he also tends to wiggle his way out of everything. So, yeah. you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But there was breaking news this morning. The uh, Manhattan Grand Jury is going on a month long break from April 5th to April 28th. Um, wow. So what do you make of that? couple of things. Here's the possibilities, right? I mean, I can speculate all day, but here's what the possibilities are. Either they voted on Monday and we just don't know because he can slow roll an indictment and it's under seal until arraignment. Or uh, they could meet Monday on this. We know that they didn't meet uh, Wednesday of this week and uh, that we've heard stories that they are, you know, reporting that they're meeting today or tomorrow, Thursday, uh, but not about this case. Or He's reading the room and maybe he doesn't feel like the grand jury uh, is going to return a true bill or an indictment, right? They would return a no bill, which means they don't think there's enough evidence, uh, probable cause to indict Donald Trump. And if he's reading that, those tea leaves, he might not bring a vote uh, so he won't so he doesn't lose a vote. Right. Because yeah. it sucks to get a no bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask uh, ask, you know. Attorney General Barr, when he tried to indict Andy McCabe, yeah, <laughs> the grand jury was like, "Nah, bro, we don't, we don't see it. We're not seeing it." Yeah. So, those are kind of the the options that we have. And the, the the another option too, by the way, is when the grand jury is out for the holidays, from again, like I said, April fifth to April twenty eighth, he can call them back at any time. So, the you know that that's another possibility too. But those are the those are kind of the 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 different things we could be looking at with regards with regard to the uh, Manhattan grand jury. I mean, is there any way, obviously the safe assumption is that Donald Trump is bullshitting and always bullshits, but is there any way he would know the temperature of the grand jury in Manhattan that he would be able to troth this thing out? I mean, obviously, as I said, the safe assumption is he's making it up, but is there a chance that he somehow knows that the grand jury is kind of backpedaling here? Well, even his lawyer said that his I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday thing, which he raised one point five million dollars off of. Yeah, uh, was uh, unfounded. It had no no foundation in anything. He was guessing or, or just grifting, um, which is, you know, the same thing for him. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm not sure. Uh, it's I don't think that there's a way that he could know what's going on in the grand jury room unless he's got like a super MAGA rural juror yeah. in there that's uh, somehow talking to his legal team. Because his legal team, you know, when you ask his lawyers, what what did he base that on? And they said, oh, he's just, you know, crazy. Um, they aren't going to say, oh, well, we, you know, we've got a mole in the grand jury. <laughs> yeah, gonna, yeah. Gonna say, but that's, you know, I doubt it. But I mean, anything's possible with this guy. So, but David Pecker was already in there. I mean, is it possible that a witness went in and is just like observing how the grand jury is behaving and then reporting back to Donald Trump after they testify? Is that something that they can do? It wouldn't be Pecker, but it could be Bob Costello, who okay. we, know, we, we uh, who we know testified on behalf of you know Trump team, Team Trump. Yeah. Uh, on Monday of, of, of was it last week? I think it was last week. Yeah. Good question. Yeah, I can't. I can't keep my like all, everything is melting. <laughs> I know. I know. 
And the thing that confuses me, Allison, is, and I now feel as though I have a better sense of what it was all about, but after Donald Trump made that announcement about Tuesday, I guess it was a couple of Tuesdays ago now, or was it last Tuesday? See, see also, we're losing track of time and mixing all these things up. But uh, that prediction that he was going to be indicted on Tuesday, the reaction from New York City was to put up all those barricades and prepare with security. And now it seems as though that was entirely because of what Donald Trump said. Had nothing to do with what Alvin Bragg's office was observing or about to announce or whatever. So New York City went through all those preparations simply based on one of his all caps bullshit troths on Troth Central. Yeah, but you gotta, right? Because yeah. there actually was a lady who tried to stab somebody. That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. New York, you know, the, the NYPD arrested her. Um, and, and you don't know if, I mean, I knew that only, you know, nine chuds would show up, but, you know, the, the NYPD doesn't know. I mean, we, you know, we we're looking, you know, we keep thinking of January 6th and, you know, come out, we'll be wild. And uh, there wasn't enough preparation uh, yeah. to protect law enforcement on that day. And so, you know, that's when he does stuff like that, he controls that kind of, he has that kind of control. And of course, like I said, nobody showed up except like a couple people, but you have to be over-prepared, you know, better to be, better to have and not need than need and not have. Right, right. So just moving to the federal side of things here and staying in New York City, what's happening with that SDNY probe into Troth Central and Russian money laundering. Is that still a thing or was it investigated past tense and then dropped? What's going on there? That's still the thing. Uh, that is still an active investigation in the Good. Southern District. Uh, and of course, they're a lot more tight lipped than some of the, you know, the, the state AGs and DAs. Yeah. Uh, the DOJ is notoriously, you know, they don't leak. Right. Uh, and, and so, that is still going on. Um, and I know it was just, it was, you know, more recently um, that, you know, that was pretty recent reporting about the, you know, they're investigating the the sourcing of, of some of the funding mm -hmm. uh, of social uh, at, along with the, you know, the, the public offering SPAC DWAC uh, situation, because you're not supposed to know what you're investing in, but they went, yeah. you know, they, they violated that too, but that's, that's still going on. Um, so we'll see. I, I just, the, the thing is, is when you don't have a special counsel investigating, if there's a declination, you rarely see it, but we, we do sometimes like Southern district of New York put out a, a statement saying, you know, we raided Rudy Giuliani, um, you know, and we didn't find anything. No charges are going to be brought with regard to the Ukraine issues. So Sometimes they do put out statements uh, of when the case has public interest, and and I think they may in this case, but they also may not. They may decide decline to prosecute, and and not tell us. Uh, and one of the reasons why I love this particular investigation and the fact that it exists is <laughs> that it it really fucks with Donald's head, because I have this theory that one of the things that frightens him the most is that prosecutors will find other things, will land on other crimes in the process of uh, investigating the crimes that we know about. And this seems to be one of those cases where, oh, yes, there's another thing. There's more. Th there's always going to be more Trump things. And that he's sitting down there in Mar-a-Lago going, 
Jesus, I, I hope they don't find the more things. I, I hope they don't find that uh, whatever it was, $6 million that came to us through these shady offshore accounts. And that's what makes it so interesting that this has come up. And I'm frankly, and I'm not counting on this, nor am I resting my hopes on it. But I, honest to God, believe there are going to be more things like this popping up. We're going to see other charges for other crimes uh, being investigated uh, in this process. Do you feel the same way? Is that something that uh, we can kind of cautiously look forward to? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. We yeah. saw it in the Mueller investigation. We saw it in the Matt Gates investigation down in, in Florida. Yeah. We had like six or seven different indictments come out of just the, you know, Joel Greenberg's uh <laughs> <laughs> proffer mm-hmm. session, um, who I believe was sentenced to quite a bit of uh, prison time because he yeah. was convicted of sex trafficking a minor. Um, so, yeah, I think we we will see that. But then again, you know, we we might also take a lesson from the Matt Gates investigation that Matt Gates has not been indicted for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, I guess it uh, I guess it kind of depends on the evidence they have, if they're able to prove a crime, if they're able to get a true bill from a, a grand jury and whether they'll actually go forward with the charges. But mm. yeah, it's hard for me to imagine. And that's what boggles my mind still about Alvin Bragg, that he's going after just this hush money payment when there's a zillion crimes going on at the Trump organization um, with proof from Donald Trump. Why Weisselberg got that sweetheart 100 days in jail deal Um they had him dead to rights. He hasn't helped in any other way. I, I don't <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, I hope yeah. one day we know enough about these investigations to understand. And that's why I love that we have a special counsel, Jack Smith, mm-hmm. who is investigating some of the most important crimes, which are the, the, the you know, the coup and uh, the, the classified documents, because we will get a full report. He, by law, has to tell us about why he declined to prosecute, if he declines to prosecute anything, what he investigated, um, all the evidence, and, and whether or not it met the standards, the, you know, the elements of, of charging a crime, and, and if, he, if it did meet the elements, why he didn't charge a crime. We saw it in the Mueller report, and we're going to get something very similar from, uh, from Jack Smith. So that's that's always been the more fascinating investigation to me. Oh, yes. And, you know, I'm generally with you when it comes to being patient with Jack Smith and the other prosecutors, frankly. But I keep thinking about how we're just 668 days away from Inauguration Day 2025. That's the ticking clock in my head. And that could be when a Republican administration could end these federal prosecutions. So my question is whether there's enough time to get this done before Inauguration Day 2025, at least when it comes to Jack Smith and and now this new thing in SDNY that we were just talking about. Are you confident in the prosecutorial timeline, the timetable at this point? I'm confident in the prosecutorial timeline. What I what I don't have confidence in is all of the people who think that Jack Smith would save us or will save us oh, or yeah. that Mueller will save us or that, the, that that's the only one thing that has to happen to save democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rachel Maddow, um, when she went on her media tour about her podcast, Ultra, made it very clear. And I agree, there is no silver bullet. If if a Republican gets into office in 2025 on January 20th and appoints a you know a, a, an attorney general that shuts all this shit down, what we're going to blame not ourselves for, <laughs> right. for not voting 
Yeah. I mean, it, you know, 100 million people sit at home and don't vote and and then and then cry because, you know, Merrick Garland didn't go fast enough for them and say and blame him. It's up to it's incumbent upon us to make sure a Republican doesn't win the White House in 2025. It's not up to the DOJ. We're yeah. the voters. Yeah, I, yeah, and I'm I'm thinking in terms of the realistic odds that enough Democrats will stay home to precipitate that eventuality. And that's what sometimes concerns me. And it's a more cynical side of my observation when it comes to this timeline, but it's actually true. And you're 1000% correct. Ultimately, it is up to us. Accountability can only go so far when it comes to prosecutors and investigations and potential convictions. And you're exactly right. If we slip up on that, that's on us. That's not on the prosecutors. But, but, but with the timeline, I mean, you're going to want to see indictments by June, July yeah, uh, in order to get these trials completed before the election. Um, and, you know, Merrick Garland has been very clear and Jack Smith, I'm sure, feels the same way. He's a little more, I think, a little more aggressive <laughs> than, yeah. than uh, Merrick Garland has said, look, his running for president has nothing to do with what we're going to do. And if we if we had indicted him six months ago, we'd have a much weaker case. Uh, you know, we wouldn't have the Corcoran testimony nope. uh, in the documents case, for example. Um, and our some of our witnesses could be impeached uh, because maybe they said different things to Congress and we didn't yet have the transcripts of the January 6th um, interviews. Uh, we'd have a much weaker case. And Donna would still be out on the street running for president and and stoking violence. We, we, we you know, we don't jail nonviolent criminals awaiting trial. That's not yeah. something we do. It's not something we're supposed to do in the United States. I understand there are two systems of justice here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but yeah, and, and along the two systems of justice line, we shouldn't like, you know, treat everyone like we treat the person we treat the worst. We should treat everyone like the person we treat the most correct. You know, we should yeah. uh, up our game, not lower it. Uh, but June, July uh, is is what a lot of people are saying. Um, the experts and, and the former U.S. attorneys and stuff are saying that that would give us enough time to to see the conclusion of these trials uh, prior to a, an election. And the, the conclusion of those trials can impact how an election turns out. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, put my head in the sand and say that uh, an indictment won't um, impact how people vote in 2024. Mm. It will. So but, uh, that's that's the timeline, I think. OK, gotcha. So Jack Smith is currently looking at conspiracy charges, conspiracy to obstruct an official congressional proceeding. Is that the that's the statute that is on the table, uh, at least as of the last week or so? Is this more serious or less serious than what the insurrectionists are facing along those lines? Because isn't there a similar charge against many of them about obstructing Congress? Yeah, it's not necessarily Title 18 U.S. Code 1505 is obstructing Congress. But what a lot of these January Sixers are getting hit with is Title 18 U.S. Code 1512 C2, which is obstructing an official proceeding. It carries a okay. 20 year max sentence, 20 year max sentence. And you combine it with the conspiracy charge, which is Title 18 U.S. Code 371 which is what we've all been saying, those two laws should be brought. And those are the two laws, by the way, that Judge Carter in California found that Trump and Eastman committed uh, 
by preponderance of the evidence in order to hand over emails to the January 6th committee under the crime fraud exception. Same two statutes are the wow. ones that's being reported. And it's uh, it's the same, but but we know that some of the January 6ers, Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, are facing seditious conspiracy charges, mm-hmm. which um, is still the same 20-year max sentence. Uh, but there is a little bit of a thing going on in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. We're still waiting to hear a decision about whether or not 1512C2, the obstructing an official proceeding charge, is appropriate because 17 federal judges have said that it is. But one guy, a Trump appointee named Nichols, has said it's not an mm. appropriate charge because of certain verbiage in the word otherwise. He, he's trying to say there have to be documents involved in order to bring that charge and so the DOJ is diligently making sure that they get a decision from the highest court possible, probably the Supreme Court, if they decide to hear it. If they don't, then they, they'll take the appellate court decision, which is what we're waiting on, that it is an appropriate charge. Because the last thing they want to do is bring that charge against Donald Trump with a, a, a hanging chad out there, so to speak, a, you know, a, a potential for the Supreme Court to decide that that law doesn't apply. So they're trying to tie up that loose end as well. So if you're super duper pissed off at cable news and other very serious political analysts these days, here's an outstanding way to support independent media, specifically this podcast. For just $5 per month, you can support our Patreon page as we guide you through the madness and chaos of our politics. But it's not just about supporting shows like this one. You're also going to get bonus content as a reward for your monthly support. We're talking about exclusive access to our Shadow Docket show, recorded after the end credits on our Tuesday and Thursday episodes. You also get access to the Patreon app where you can download the free show and our bonus content. Plus, you can join the discussion with our community of Patreon members in the comments under each episode. All that for just $5 per month, just pennies per show, plus your questions for our Wednesday interview guests. So don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it, send it to all your friends, and we thank you in advance. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. think that Donald Trump's team would roll out a defense along the lines of, of something that I believe Alex Jones's team uh, attempted, which is that, oh, he's just doing a performance. He didn't really mean any of that shit. He's just he's playing a character on his show. And that's why he was saying all these crazy things about Sandy Hook. Do you think that's within the capability of Donald Trump's defense team, uh, whether it's Taco Pina or anyone else to to bring up that kind of oh, he was just 
he was just being Donald Trump the character. He wasn't really serious. Is that first? Are they going to do that? And second of all, would that even stick? Well, that would be if they were trying to charge him for inciting an insurrection. And I, and I don't necessarily know that they're going to even go down that road because of the defenses that you bring up. It's very subjective. It's a very hard thing to prove. Obstructing an official proceeding is easier and you can do it with the using the fraudulent electors scheme. Right. Yeah. Um, and without even having to go for incitement of an insurrection or seditious conspiracy. Um, I, we know that Jack Smith is asking about the his Trump's connections to the violence at the Capitol. He is investigating it. Mm -hmm. But one other little sleeper case that I think Jack that Jack Smith is investigating that I think is very interesting is uh, he's looking. He in December he sent out a round of subpoenas uh, to to look at his Trump's four super PACs and all of the vendors and all of the payments and where all of the money went and then the you know the the uh, election fraud defense fund, which didn't exist. And I, I think he's looking at a fraud, wire fraud, money laundering case. Again, 20 year max sentence wow. for wire fraud. And fraud is easy to prove. You don't have to decide if he was inciting or his first amendment speech or yeah. there's no subjective intent. It's, it's straightforward. Did you defraud donors much like Bannon got arrested for in his We Build the Wall scheme? And I think that... It's a very good possibility that Jack might charge the fraud uh, uh, behind all this, you know, before he charges anything else. I think obstructing an official proceeding and conspiracy to do so are also very easy cases to prove, but harder than the fraud. And it, it might end up looking like what happened to Manafort, right? He They had enough, according to Andrew Weissman's book right behind me on my shelf, mm -hmm. uh, where the law ends. They did have enough to charge Manafort with conspiracy when he handed over that polling data to Konstantin Kalimnik. They had enough to charge him with conspiracy. However, they went with the tax and business fraud and money laundering and wire fraud because it was way easier. And they yeah. got a solid conviction and they put him away for seven years. Of course, he was pardoned. That again, that goes back to the onus on us for electing a Republican. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have to always constantly think about those things, because if we don't elect a Democrat, no, even we could indict and convict everybody for seditious conspiracy all the way up and down, including Trump, and they'll just pardon them anyhow. Yeah. So we always have to remember that there is a, gr a great responsibility. We get the government we deserve, and we always have to make sure that we are participating in the democracy as much as we're trying to, you know, wish and hope that uh, the Department of Justice does. Do you get the sense that all of this is going to end up being anticlimactic or matching our expectations? That's something that I'm constantly grappling with. And ultimately, just to be clear about where my position is, I feel as though all of this is accountability. The investigations, the grand juries, all of this. Making Donald Trump uncomfortable is part of the overall accountability scenario here. But do you think that this is going to land in a place that we're going to be satisfied with what happens to Donald Trump or... Is it going to be one of those things where it kind of lands with a thud? What is your just general sense on that at this point? Well, that's something that we have to consider because bad actors, whether they be domestic or foreign, mm -hmm. are always trying to make us hate the government. Uh, they did it with the Mueller report. Um, you know, they made us think that Mueller was a dud mm -hmm. uh, when, you know, in fact, it wasn't. It was an incredibly con consequential yeah. uh, investigation. 
Uh, and so they do that so that we go, ah, Mueller sucks. The Department of Justice sucks. And they and they get us to vocally, uh, you know, disparage mm-hmm. our agencies, which is, you know, in Timothy, um, Timothy Snyder's book, I have it right here, chapter two, defend um, institutions. Yeah. Uh, that's one way to avoid tyranny. And so we have to keep in mind that our expectations are being pumped up by bad actors so that we will be disappointed. Justice is, we have to f- determine what is justice to us. What what does that look like? So that we don't have too high expectations so that we will be let down, so that we will help these bad actors uh, go after our institutions. Bannon, it happened to people like, Bannon needs to hang for treason. <laughs> Trump needs to hang for treason. Lock him up, tackle him, put him in an orange jumpsuit. <laughs> when the reality is he'll be brought in on a day that he agrees. He probably won't be handcuffed unless he wants to, to raise money. He'll, he'll be gently perp walk. There'll be no tackling. He might not end up in prison. He could end up on home arrest because of Secret Service considerations. Mm-hmm. Truth justice is always somewhere in the middle uh, of of it's, it. It seems to come in below where we want it to. And I'm yeah. like, Bannon's not going to hang for treason. Contempt is a misdemeanor charge. He's gonna he's gonna go to jail for a couple of months, like, and then you'll be mad, and then you'll tear, try to tear down the Department of Justice for not hanging him for treason. And that's where the expectations game is so important. And that's where your efforts, I think, are so valuable in all of this, in establishing what are adequate expectations for this process every step of the way down to the granular level. And that is so appreciated. So please keep doing what you're doing. Uh, One last question before I get to some uh, Patreon subscriber questions here. Do you get the sense that the timeline for the the second grand jury in Fulton is going to be speedier than the uh, special grand jury was or just about the same or it doesn't really matter? Uh, it'll be speedier from folks that I've talked to who've okay. sat in grand juries and special purpose grand juries. Um, special purpose grand jury met for eight months and they did all the investigating and hearing of all the testimony. And then you take it to the regular grand jury, present the testimony and the facts, maybe bring in additional witnesses. Uh, and and then have a vote on on the on the true bill. So it's by its nature, the regular grand jury would take less time than a special purpose grand jury. Okay, one last break. Back with more Allison after this. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska plays more music. Okay, let's do some questions from our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash Show. Jen Hardy asks... Allison always has the best insight. 
Where does she get her information from, her contacts, associations, or what websites does she read? Uh, I have a lot of really, really good sources placed in very high positions, and I can't tell you who or where. <laughs> right. Very good sources. And, you know, a lot of times, because I don't work for a major news organization, uh, and somebody is working on a story, I'll just know and have those discussions with them, and they'll put the news out, and then I'll share it. Um so I'm kind of like a journalism whisperer in that way. Yeah. But mostly I, I read, there are some really great um, Twitter accounts for now. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> who knows what happens after April 1st. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I, that I rely on for fast-breaking, um, accurate news. And, and uh, some of those follows include Kyle Cheney from Politico, Hugo Lowell from The Guardian. Mm-hmm. He's... He's got very good, um, you know, reporting and instincts and and looks at the things that I'm also interested in. Yeah, he broke uh, the uh, the money laundering story. He did. And uh, and, you know, I also get the wire AP Associated Press and, and um, I, you know, I listen to NPR uh, as well. But, you know, most of my. Most of my information come, I get, I know who, where to go to look because I'm, because I have some pretty well-placed sources. And that's sort of how I get my news. The rest of my insight comes from my weird speculation. (laughs) Yeah, And it's, you know what? Not weird. It's, as I said, (laughs) extremely valuable. Okay. Fran Reichenbach asks, my friend was telling me she thinks that starting with Stormy Daniels is not the best one to launch with. She thinks the taped phone call in Georgia has the best chance of quote unquote winning. I don't agree. What do you think? Uh, I think that prosecutors, the prosecutor that's ready to charge should go first. Yes. Um, I personally, my like if I had to have a, my, if my wish came true, I would like to see a, um, a Fonnie Willis uh, indictment first mm. and then, and then a Jack Smith indictment. What Bragg is looking at is actually a seven-year-old crime. So, so it's it's you know a lot of people are like, I knew you know the DOJ sucks and the, it's the state prosecutors that are great. <laughs> Remember, Bragg's not looking at January sixth. He's looking at a seven-year-old hush money payment. Yeah, which is if if the evidence is there is is a crime. It needs to be brought, and it will be brought when it's ready. Um, so, you know, I guess my two-sided answer to that is, oh, I would love to see Fonnie go first, but prosecutors shouldn't, and I don't think they do, take into account who's going to go first. They just follow the facts and the law, at least they should, and uh, indict when the case is, is ready to be brought. Yeah, the Stormy Daniels grand jury, unless I'm mistaken, that was impaneled in January. So the turnaround, if, if a, an indictment were handed down right now, the turnaround on that would be enormously fast. So that's one of the reasons why it was, I was scratching my head when Donald Trump said, oh yes, I'm going to be indicted on Tuesday. It's like that's super duper fast for a grand jury, isn't it? Uh, well, it depends if you're, if you're going to the grand jury with your final thing yeah, and you're ready and you got all the evidence and you're just bringing the witnesses in, you're not doing any more investigating, right? You're just bringing the witnesses in. Uh-huh. It's a couple months, a few months, maybe right. four months. Um, but you know, you got to look at the years of investigatory time spent leading up to that, 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 uh, is, is also adds to the equation. Like I said, the hush money payment happened in 2016 mm-hmm. and the 
payments and the the fraud happened in 2017 and 2018. And here we are in 2023. I mean, he's maybe finally ready to bring this case. So that's, you know, it's it's just, I guess, a lesson on how long these things take. Cause this that's a small thing. The hush money payment, that's yeah. like 10 people. <laughs> right. And plus, you know, we got an extra month now. If if the grand jury is gonna go home for the Easter break or whatever they call it then it's entirely possible that Fulton County could end up being first anyway. Um, Unless they have a home holiday break and we don't know about it. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time, like a pre-planned, well-known break, <laughs> and we just found out about it today. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Linda O'Brien asks, do you think the calling for testimony of Fox's talent in the Dominion suit, I guess this is the news that broke yesterday, will lead to a settlement or the beginning of the end for these folks. So we're talking about this Dominion lawsuit against Fox News and the information yesterday in which all of these on-air people, Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, et cetera, a bunch of behind-the-scenes people and executives are being subpoenaed in that case. They're going to have to testify. So is this, uh, as uh, Linda asks here, is this leading to a settlement or the beginning of the end for these folks as far as a trial? Well, I don't necessarily think it would lead to a settlement. Uh, my, I'm assuming that what what uh, she means is that because Dominion has called these witnesses, is that going to spook Fox into yes, settling? Exactly. No, I no because Fox has also wants these folks to testify. Hmm. So it's not just Dominion that wants that 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 this is you know wants these hosts to testify. So I don't think it would lead to a settlement any more than any of the other facts would. Um, but I I think. I, and I don't think the judge is going to grant anybody summary judgment on this, meaning we, we you know, I'm going to decide the case based on there's enough evidence for me to decide it. It doesn't have to go to a jury. That's a summary judgment. And both filed for summary judgment and he he had the hearing. I don't think that the judge is going to give a summary judgment either. So this thing goes to trial. Jury selection starts April 13th. Um, so, you know, when the Manhattan uh, grand jury is gone, we'll have something else to do. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I that um, they'll go to trial. And if this doesn't bring Fox News down, nothing will. I also think that this is another case where it's in the journey, where it's in the process of seeing the text messages, seeing these emails that is almost as damaging as a verdict in and of itself. And these are the sorts of things that I think we should embrace. The fact that we're getting to see Tucker Carlson uh, bashing Donald Trump behind the scenes, get, getting to see executives referring to their own talent on air as being crazy and so on. This is, I think, important information that... Or Fox's lawyers suborning perjury from Abby Grossman. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so along those lines, once again, I push for my accountability is in the journey. Uh, point of view. Uh, yeah, okay. Accountability is in discovery when you're talking about civil suits. <laughs> right. Sure. Uh, Joe Kelly asks, not really a question. So that contradicts me just saying that she asks, but uh, Joe Kelly says, not really a question, but please tell Allison that I'm excited to, uh, to maybe meet her at the American atheist convention next week in Phoenix. Is that a thing? Oh, I'm not going to that, uh, but I can <laughs> well, never I mind. <laughs> I guess it is a thing. <laughs> I don't know if this is like an invitation or a comment that this person thought you were going to be there. So. I, I, I was. I think I was going to. Okay. Uh, I I was supposed to go. My I have family in in Phoenix. I I grew up there. I went to high school there. Yeah. 
and uh and college and northern arizona university and and uh so i think somebody asked me about that and said oh yeah if i'm in town i'll stop by but that trip has been waylaid yeah so i'm not going to be there unfortunately but you know look out though because i you know i may have some <laughs> uh future when i travel to Phoenix. every every time i travel i have a patreon meet and greet just like come out and hang out i'll have, oh, cool. I'll have an- all right uh let's see fj asks what are the chances for any of the spawns of Trump to be held accountable, specifically Ivanka and Jared, maybe uh, Don Jr., I guess you could throw in there. It seems like that money laundering thing might be a possibility. Yeah, it depends on what you mean by held accountable, right? Which goes back to our discussion about mm-hmm. you define as justice. None of them can run a business or a charity in New York City right now. Yeah, um, She is a pariah in her former world. Uh, and the New York Attorney General Tish James civil suit for $250 million is, could shutter their ability to, to be a – right now they can't be a CEO of anything because of the pending civil trial. They're being – the Trump organization is being babysat by Barbara Jones, you know, who is our favorite special master. Uh-huh. Uh, they already um, are being held accountable in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, But whether they're indicted or not – uh, I don't think in the January 6th thing they would be. They might be in um, – I don't know if Alvin Bragg is going to indict them for their business crimes, um, you know, because he just invited he just indicted the Trump organization. Um, it, 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 I guess it all depends on how much you believe Alvin Bragg when he says he's still looking at the property valuation crimes. Um, but we also have – don't forget, we have Nassau County – or no, Westchester County – in New York. Yeah. Mimi Roca, the DA there, is investigating the Seven Springs deal. And that could implicate Eric <laughs> uh, and, and Ivanka. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's other crimes out there being investigated um, that we that we shouldn't forget. Um, but I don't know if they'll ever be held criminally accountable, but they are being held socially accountable. Yep. A lot. Uh, let's see here. Maria Hayes asks, how does she keep her cool? How do you keep your cool, Allison, when people accuse you of being Pollyanna when all you're doing is considering the rule of law? How do you not lose your shizzle when people blame you for the process? <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, I, I, it, I don't know. I guess. Sometimes I lose my shizzle. <laughs> yes, me too. Um, I, that's what happened when I created indictments only. Uh-huh. So, so here's here's what happened. Every time I post some news about the DA or the DOJ or whatever, I mm. I invariably get dozens and dozens of responses saying, "Whatever, wake me up when there's indictments." So, I said, "All right, you know what? I created a Twitter account called at Indictments Only." And all it will be is indictments. And when there's an indictment, it will say indictment alert. So-and-so has been indicted by so-and-so. Awesome. For news and analysis, follow Mueller, she wrote. This has been an announcement of the emergency indictment system. <laughs> I'm going to include a picture of Ann B. Davis from, you know, Alice from Brady, <laughs> just, for, just for flair. Um, and, uh, and so if you, you know, that's kind of what I do. I'm like, all right, if you don't want the news and you don't want to hear me, Stop following me. Go follow indictments only. Turn on alerts. And then you can just have the indictment stuff. And if you want the news, come and, you can come follow my feed. <laughs> Such a great idea. I love that. 
Coping with uh, coping with stress using comedy, I guess it's always been my <laughs> yes. That is always the best coping mechanism for sure. Uh, one last question here before we uh, have to run. Uh, Andrew Coutinho asks: Mar-a-Lago was searched for top secret documents after Donnie gave them the runaround and delayed as long as he could. Would that be probable cause for all his properties to be searched for other documents? That's a good question. I always wonder why Bedminster and uh, whatever, the one in Sterling and Trump Tower and everything weren't searched. Uh, no, it would not be. Um, and, I, and I'm and i not saying that out of my opinion. I asked several, multiple lawyers, former U.S. attorneys, for, you know, uh, experts in this. Yeah. Uh, you have to have evidence of a crime existing at a specific place in order to go in and search it. We don't, well, we wouldn't want to live in a country where the cops could uh, be like, you know what, that Allison, she seems like she smokes a lot of weed. Uh, <laughs> I should be able to search all of her properties. Yeah. Uh, that's not really the kind of, that as much as I really want Donald Trump to be held accountable, and I know we all do, we can't trample on anybody's civil rights. We cannot save democracy yep. by subverting democracy yep. uh, and, and, and criminal defendants' rights in this country. Yes, there are two systems of justice. Yes, every, every the way that we treat Donald Trump is the way we should treat everyone. Um, uh, but I, I don't, you can't, you have to have probable cause that the crime, the fruits of a crime are at that location. And the reason they had probable cause for Mar-a-Lago was they had those surveillance tapes. They had Walt Nada saying that he was directed to move boxes. They had, you know, they had the probable cause that, um, that obstruction of justice had been committed and they, they found the fruits of a crime. I think that's why it took Merrick Garland three weeks to sign off on that search warrant is because he knew that he would find fruits of a crime and he had to be ready to potentially prosecute uh, a former president. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually the Republicans, when they have their next administration and there will be a next one, they'll maybe try the same thing to investigate a bunch of Democrats. And I hope they use the same process that Merrick Garland is establishing now, the care and diligence that he's employed. You know they I mean? will not. Yeah, well, they, they, they won't, but I mean, he's he's setting the tradition. And if they choose to ignore it, that's on them. But it's not because this administration did it in a hinky way or cut corners or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, you got to follow the Constitution. Um, <laughs> that's that's what Democrats do. And I know I understand a lot of people are like, yeah. they break the rules. We should break the rules. We got to fight fire with fire. But then, well, then we become a dictatorship. Yeah, exactly right. Allison, this was such a pleasure. Thank you again. The podcasts are The Daily Beans, Muller She Wrote, and now Jack. Congratulations on the success of all of those, especially the new uh, Jack podcast, which is like at the top of the charts. It's so so great to see that. Yep, yep. Oh, heads up, by the way. Muller She Wrote is uh, no longer on the air, but we do okay. have now... Uh, Peter Strzok and I co-host a, a show called Clean Up on Aisle 45. So check that one out. Ah, perfect. Excellent. We'll make a note of that. Thank you again, Allison. Take care. Great. And thanks for all the work you're doing, Bob. I really appreciate you. It's very, very important. Appreciate you. And thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. You bet. Bye-bye.
Oh 